Naked with Adele is about your inner journey, trusting yourself and sharing many lessons. Come on, hold my hand Not sure I understand This role I've been given But I wish someone had to talk to me Like I want to talk to you Naked with Adele is about getting real It's about being able to look at yourself in the mirror and being able to love that person that you see. It's about having the courage to be vulnerable. Welcome to the show and today I'm going to introduce you to our South African celebrity. For those who do not know, South Africa does not really have a pro-celebrity culture like the US. Achieving celebrity status here is a bit like getting your PhD. You really earn your way there. But that is not the reason I invited Edith Fenter to be part of the chat show today. I recently read her book and I was touched by her heart and her inner life struggles. I hope she can share with us how she deals with adversity as a feminine role model. Before I introduce her properly, let's say hi to Edith and see if we can expect the unexpected. Edith, welcome to Naked with Adele. And um, thank you for allowing us to record you and your beautiful home in Melrose Arch, Johannesburg. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to, to be on your show. And thank you for inviting me. And yeah, I'm looking forward to our chat. How do you feel about being called a socialite? And being to South Africa a little bit like Kim Kardashian is to the world. I don't know if I've got a bum. <laughs> no, those looks. But anyway, but I, you know what? It, it comes with the territory, and I think, you know, it doesn't worry me. I often say, rather call me a social worker because of all my work that I do with charity organizations. But, you know, a socialite, it's a term uh, people take from it what they will. I know what I do, and, and yes, I guess because I am out and about, and I'm seen out and about, and I, I attend all the events, etc., you know, that term goes with that. So it's fine. It's okay. So this is my chance to really introduce you properly. Edith became known for winning the Best Dressed Woman in 1989. And she featured in David Dodd's calendar of South Africa's Most Beautiful Women in 1994. She also cares for and counsels many cancer patients and was awarded the highest honor for her 2 million rand fundraising check for cancer with the Marriott Lutz Friends for Life achievement in 1995. Edith also published The Art of Good Living in October 2008 about her life and launched Edith Fenter Promotions, becoming a very formidable businesswoman in the events industry. Like Audrey Hepburn and so many others before her, she uses her social status and influence to mentor many women. And even if the world only remembers you for your risque approach to life, you are making a big, big difference. Finding feminine leading role models in our modern lifestyle is one of the reasons I created this online show. And I was inspired after reading your book, The Art of Good Living. And I wanted to share why I see you as a role model. And I hope that the listeners will see what I saw through our interview today. Um, and why I see you as a feminine leader. I was especially impressed because I also know you from being on the advisory council for F-Factor. It was in 2012 it started. Yes. 
um, where we worked with gender mainstreaming. And when I read your book, which was so candidly written, I, it was so much more than words to me. So I know that you really love this. I do. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more about living authentically, remember to go to adele-green.com, the website for the emerging women of today. Edith, when you walk into a room, any room, it's like the sun comes up. <laughs> well, it just came up. Before I knew you, I noticed when you walked into a room how it changed and how all the eyes turned on you, whether it was the hairdresser or the lobby of a hotel. And in your book, you mentioned that you purchase good outfits at least once a year. You have this plan and you've been doing it for a very, very long time. But when it comes to advice for introverted women, carrying all of that off with self-confidence, how do you do it so gracefully? What advice do you have for women? You know what, from my own point of view, it's something that always came very naturally. I don't know why, because when I was growing up, I was a tomboy. I mean, I really never wore shoes. I always had holes in my brookies. I was always climbing <laughs> trees. I looked like a mess. I, I, I really was. I was a real, you know, tomboy kind of person. But as I grew up, I somehow developed the style. And I, it's something that's been with me and it's always just come naturally. So I do understand though, that there are many women who aren't quite sure how to put it all together. And these days online and, and one can go and, and see women who do this and people, men and women, who actually have, a, have businesses where they will tell you how to put your wardrobe together will come and have a look at your wardrobe and and put things together that you might never have thought of doing because we all have a good blazer or a good pair of pants or a really nice skirt or a lovely blouse or something in our, our wardrobe that we can really accentuate and put with different things so it's really you need to get that advice if you are introvert if you are nervous if you're not sure what to wear there's so many channels that you can can go to for for that kind of advice and I suggest you do it and remember it doesn't just stop with the outfit you know you need to look groomed and that doesn't mean you've got to spend a lot of money none of this means you've got to spend a lot of money because I mean I've found the most gorgeous things at the funniest little places that have cost me absolutely nothing but just throw them together the right way and they look like a million dollars. So even the grooming as far as, you know, a good haircut, uh, whatever you need, make sure your nails are, 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 if they're not painted, well, they're nice. And then, you know, all those little things go to make up that whole look. Because like I said, it's not just about the outfit. All the other stuff goes together as well. You've been a celebrity since you were voted the best dressed woman in the previous century already. And you've maintained that status. You also know the value of good first impressions and making judgment errors. How do you recognize when someone is a true friend? Gosh, that's been my challenge. I think that's my biggest challenge throughout my life because I think when you're in a position of a celebrity status, if one wants to call it that, or you are in the public eye, people gravitate towards you for all different kinds of reasons and through my life and some of my very downs in my life have been because of that. I've trusted people too easily, I've believed in what they've told me, 
I haven't, because I'm a very trusting person. If I say something to you, that's what's going to happen. I mean it and I'll do whatever I promise or whatever the case might be. But not everybody is like that. And I've had to bang my head, sometimes quite severely, a few times, where now I find I'm a little more circumspect. I look at things a little deeper. And if somebody's saying so, and maybe it also comes with old age. You know, you just can't be, you really can't be um, bothered with all the nonsense as well. So, and time is so precious and, and life is so short. So, you know, you need to make the most of all those moments. So I really do look very carefully. And I think for anybody, you need to be very, very circumspect and very, very careful because you can get yourself into trouble very quickly because there are many strange people out there and they will take advantage without blinking an eye. So I always say to, to women in particular, because of what's happened to me, if there's something you're not sure of, if it's a document, let somebody, it doesn't even have to be a lawyer, again, somebody that's going to cost you money. Get a good friend or, or somebody that's close to you in a business sense to have a look at it and give comments before you just go and sign your life away. Okay, so objective second opinion. Totally, always get a second and opinion. And within yourself? Within what, do you, what do you look for in the other person? Is there some stuff that you've learned to recognize? Oh, yes. I think I can sort of more or less now pick out somebody who's giving me a story and somebody who's actually genuine and I mean I get many letters and emails and phone calls a week and I have to sift through that and see what's really genuine and what's not and it's sad that we've got to do that and we can't take people at face value but the world's a strange place and and because of what's happened to me I really do tend to look at things very very carefully now. Do you believe in signs from a higher power? Was there a sign like when Johnny lost his wedding ring in Croatia on your honeymoon? Or, or something specific with regards to, um, you mentioned in the book that you guys got married on a specific day and at a specific time, yes. I assume. Yes. Um, does sign have a special meaning? To, signs have a spe special meaning to you? You know what? I always say nothing happens by accident you know there's no such thing as coincidence but I also have a sister who is a an astrologer and not not that's not all she does she's actually a very clever young woman but um, this is something she's always dabbled in and so I see a lot of connection weirdly so also I you know I'm I always say all kinds of things happen in your life and when and especially with me, especially in one particular instance when I was going through a very hectic time, I always say angels are sent to you um, to help you through things if you can't manage this by yourself. Somehow you get sent an angel. And those angels come in the strangest forms, the strangest shapes. They're not things with feathers and wings and whatever. They are some really crazy people, but they are very special in your life at that particular time. And so I look for that. And um, and as far as us getting married, yes, it was, my sister said, you, you those are the days, that's your, your sort of window and whatever. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, I've tried, I've tried this marriage thing a few times and maybe I should go and look at it this way. And I must say, it's been a good one. And, and maybe, <laughs> I really have no idea. 
but I'm very open to all kinds of things. Also, the same sister who's a, a practicing Buddhist, and so we've been to amazing places like Tibet and Myanmar, which is the old Burma. I've been into monasteries that are hundreds of thousands, uh, hundreds of years old, and and really, I'm sure have a very direct link to a higher being somewhere, whether you believe it or not, because uh, just of the of the, the the feeling and the this absolute incredible aura that you get when you walk into places like that and on ground such as that. So uh, I'm very open to everybody's beliefs. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not dogmatic. I think we all have something to offer and every religion or philosophy or whatever has something to offer. So yes, I am a little crazy that way. I always say I must sound like a bit like a witch or something. But, <laughs> I think <laughs> but it's, wise it's, really, it's really crazy. And you know, when I, when I must always used to say to me, when Mercury goes retrograde, be very careful about signing documents, making sure your travel plans are, are checked and rechecked because that's when things go wrong, communications go wrong. And boy, has that proved correct so many times. And I look and I say, mm, Mercury is retrograde. I should have checked that before I, I did that. And that's why I missed my flight. And that's why the accommodation wasn't there when I got there. So it's actually quite interesting. But mm -hmm. yeah, maybe a bit of fun. I don't know. Any special place you want to go to at this stage? Sacred places? There's, there's one more place really that's on my bucket list for that and that's India it's a, it's a country I've never visited and I definitely in the next year or two will visit India. I read in your book that uh, women reveal to you that they have a secret fantasy to leave their lives and I was intrigued with that because it's such a big part of the work that I'm involved with uh, you did it you lived your life I did it yes. <laughs> and um with it comes a lot of this wisdom we're talking about. Tell me, Edith, each time when it comes to making a decision like that, what goes on inside of you and how do you make that decision? You know, I, I think it's quite an easy decision at the end of the day. It's hard to get there, but when you make that decision, it's quite easy. Because for me, I'm a principled kind of person and I wouldn't want to have done to it, I wouldn't do to somebody the things that maybe have been done to me. So, you know, I I feel everyone, and especially women, well, especially anyone, needs to be treated with respect. And is if your if your partner is not doing that for you, then that decision becomes quite easy. I mean, one can try and you can work through it, and hopefully it will come right. Um, if, 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 but then it's a two-way street. It has to be. It can't just be you trying and the other person not. So I think, and I mean, I've had to make that decision more than once in my life, but it became very easy. The first one maybe was the hardest, but, um, you know, afterwards I got to the point where I knew I was never going to let somebody affect my life to such an extent and try and change my personality and try and change who I was, the essence of me, um, because of their maybe inadequacies or, or whatever was going on in their head. So would it be fair to say that you have 
a self-image and a value of yourself and boundaries and if people cross that line where it changes your personality and who you are that's where you decide totally so that's where the decision is easy for that's you. where the decision becomes very easy and yes I mean what carries on after that sometimes can be difficult because all kinds of things then come into play but you know what if you've made the decision and you're now going forward in a positive way I just feel that things happen that will allow you to then restart, regroup, and go on with your life. So I'm curious about you saying things happen. Um, what is it that you face and how do you deal with it? You know what I've always found? That when you get rid of the negativity in your life, positive things come in. You allow space for the positive stuff. And I've seen it time and time again in my own life, and I've seen it in other people's lives, that as soon as they've made the decision to release the, the negativity to say, you know, I need to move forward without that person, without that business, or without that whatever it might be. Other things come along that are better. I mean, I had it within my business when I went through huge legal issues and where I wasn't allowed to use my own name. Never mind. And that's quite difficult. You are, your name is you. And how do you wake up one morning and talk? You, not allowed to because your name is a brand and you are not allowed to use your name so you know to, to get through that and to deal with it and to put it to bed eventually it was very expensive it nearly half killed me it was my loyalty in people was shaken to such an extent that it was it was scary but when I actually had dealt with it all and I thought, am I ever going to come out of this? Am I ever going to survive? Am I ever going to see the light of day? When I had all these, and I rebranded my business and started, I've never looked back even more so than what I did before. And so, things are better than ever and busier than ever. So this was in 2010? That's correct. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And uh, it, was, it was devastating. Because I thought, you know, by that stage I'd be, I'd gotten married to Johnny and I was happy and for me things were going along nicely and suddenly the shock from totally out the blue mm. hit me sideways. I never saw it coming. So in the book you wrote about a new business partner coming along. I mm. assume this is what we're talking about because yes. this happened after because the book was published yes. in 2008. Yes, correct. Correct. In fact, it was happening all around the time I got married, but it only then manifested itself um, as the legal system does with things. Exactly, later. And, yes. and again, the documents that I had signed without thinking about reading them, getting second opinions, that's why I say it's so important mm -hmm. too, because I trusted this person, I trusted what they were saying. I trusted somebody who had worked with me for nine years, who then jumped ship. And, and it was like the, for me, that was the saddest part, was the loyalty. Um, and I never saw it coming. That's your biggest principle, isn't it? Your yeah. integrity. Yeah, very and, much I mean, so. Loyalty is so my much loyalty, part of my that. trust. Um, you know, what people promise you. You know, you, I, I take that at face value. Although, like I said, now I do tend to look at it and maybe think about it a little longer than what I used to before, yeah. um, and not be as gullible. Yeah. I suppose that's also one of the challenges, being who you are, with the type of business that you are in, your name is everything. Well, exactly. 
exactly my name is and so therefore I will fight for my name and when my name was in question for me that was like trying to steal my soul I mean trying Absolutely. to well it's like putting a knife in my back you could have buried me I mean it, what are you without that so therefore if anything touches my name or everything anything gets done using my name are you secretly fantasizing about another life I've been to Georgia and Naked with Adele is about your inner journey, trusting yourself and sharing many lessons. Come on, hold my hand, not sure I understand this road I've been given. But I wish someone had a talk to me like I want to talk to you. It's choosing to remove the mask and reaching within to bear your soul. Now I see if I wear a mask I can fool the world but I cannot fool my heart. It's about women staying true to who they are. Naked with Adele is about getting real. It's about being able to look at yourself in the mirror and being able to love that person that you see. It's about having the courage to be vulnerable. So I let down my guard, drive my defenses down by my clothes. I'm learning to fall with no safety net to cushion the now start those deep, long, overdue conversations with yourself. I'm your mind, giving you someone to talk to. Hello. And once you make up your mind, the journey begins. I've made up my mind. Don't need to think it over if I'm wrong, I am right. Don't need to look no further. I'm Adele Green, and this empty chair next to me is just for you. Come and join me. Register for your membership free to get this show and many resources at www.adele-green.com or you can tweet her at Naked with Adele.